This call is being recorded. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked on Browns. First round over in the books. Greg Newsom, cornerback, Northwestern University. We're going to break it all down here with Pete Smith. We'll preview day two, uh, and we'll just go through and give some uh, general thoughts from round one last evening. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Joined Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated, of course, here Um very interesting evening, and uh, the selection of Newsom certainly somebody that we had pegged as a a real reality to be the selection at 26. But Pete, I think the thing that really surprised me, and we'll get to this more when we talk to the general, you know, general thoughts on round one from last evening, was basically just how the Browns sat back at 26, Pete, and for the most part, they pretty much had most of their board of players they had there. Some teams did things a little bit differently. You know, Tennessee obviously took a gamble, but I think it just kind of really fell right into the lap of Andrew Barry, who had a ridiculously busy day yesterday, birth of a daughter in the morning, then going to have to handle the selection of a round one pick later that evening. Uh, I'm sure day he'll never forget. Um, but just uh, the way it all worked out, I, I think the Browns got basically just fell into a pretty favorable position. Yeah, I mean – there's certainly something to be said for the discipline that it takes to be able to hold your water and let the board come to you. It sounds easier than it is, but you know, all night I was getting people saying, you know, we, the brunch should trade up the brunch should trade up and go get their guy. Um, and you know, presumably Newsom was that guy, uh, and they managed to get him at that spot, but you know, so much of this, off season has been just don't screw it up. And a number of teams in front of the Browns decided to do the Massad uh, and do exactly that, which certainly made things easier. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out the possibility that, you know, the Browns didn't trade up in part because Andrew Barry may have been asleep for much of the first round uh, after the uh, busy morning he had. But, yeah, it worked out. Uh, seemingly got the guy they wanted. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's impossible to know how invested the Browns are with with Caleb Farley, uh, and and he went twenty second to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I I feel better with Newsom than I do with Farley, just because of all the stuff around him. But but that's entirely my own bias and and irrational thinking. I don't have enough information so the titans may be have a stud if 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 they're confident and and they're right about their analysis well also the thing though you know surrounding farley himself though is um you're dealing with an agent and you know it's going to be really tough to get the truthful information um luckily tennessee decided to be the one you know basically to take the bite of that apple and they did um, but Newsom himself, Pete, uh, you know, we, we talked about and what we really, really liked, you know, about the top four of this cornerback class. And certainly some other guys applied here is um, you look, Denzel Ward is much, much as we all love him. He is not a big physical guy as far as, you know, the size that he plays with the cornerback position certainly doesn't hurt him. But you were looking for something to pair to that. Uh, Greedy Williams, you know, obviously the question mark is is still huge. And look, Greedy Williams can say he's healthy. We can hear maybe that he's healthy. Um, but something like that doesn't really necessarily go away in a game like football where contact is so heavily involved. 
could become an issue again at any time. It's, you know, nothing to hold against Greedy Williams. If he's healthy, he can play. This just lengthens and strengthens what now is starting to look like, you know, the makings of a really, really good secondary for defensive coordinator Joe Woods and more of the vision of what we listened to him talk about for well over a year when he first got here. The Browns weren't able to get him what he needed year one, and that's understandable. They had a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball. But year two, putting him in place to succeed, long, lean corner. One of the things I like about Newsom is he's kind of got like a basketball mentality to him where he really has this ability to get his body between receiver and the ball. Not a lot of turnovers created. But, you know, batted down balls, all of that stuff, just as important. Um, does become a little bit of an injury risk. He's missed some time, you know, within every season of his time at Northwestern. Uh, still just an absolute pup. Won't even be 21 until May 18th. Browns went out and got a solid piece here. And if Greedy Williams can be a part of this, this is fantastic. If he can't, you've got yourself a major, major insurance policy in the young man Newsom. It, it just just a good day, and I'm actually really excited for you know, when we can start to get here, you know, more from this kid and, you know, the excitement he's going to have because it seemed like the Browns, you know, it, it was really, really an easy selection for them to make once the opportunity came. He was somebody, obviously, they were very, very high on. Uh, you know, tall, fast, extremely young, which, you know, even Andrew Barry just said is extremely important to them. Age matters. Uh, and he had – been playing, I think, basically the exact schemes that mm-hmm. Browns wanted would want him to play in Cleveland for Northwestern. He played a lot of that off man, a little bit of zone, but you know that, that's that's what they're going to want him to do. I would assume uh, try to play on an island, uh, but you know the, the the fact of the matter is that corners usually take. Uh, a little time to transition into the NFL. So Greedy Williams becomes a massive insurance policy and, and don't rule out the possibility that he could very well start uh, mm-hmm. and may start early in the season and maybe uh, Newsom ultimately takes the job. But, you know, I wouldn't just assume that, that Newsom is going to walk in and, and take that starting job, but that's part of the reason that this is important is that, uh, if he, if Greedy Williams, uh, you know, we, we just don't know any enough, anything really about him. If he comes out and plays well, the Browns have a really good piece of depth. Uh, if, if, if Newsom is, is great initially and, and he hits the ground running, then, then Greedy Williams becomes really good depth because they do have now three corners that have a tendency to miss time. Uh, so, they 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 don't don't find themselves in a situation where they they if if somebody gets hurt that they have to fundamentally change who they are. Last year, they had to cha- fundamentally change who they were when they started suffering injuries. You know, they went from a team that wanted to play cover three because they didn't have enough athletes to play much man to basically having to live in quarters because they just didn't have enough guys. Now, you know quarters is going to be reserved to when you want to play corners, you know, it's mm-hmm. 15 yards plus or prevent type stuff to close out a half of the game or whatever. Uh, but, you know, I, I would also assume the Browns aren't done adding corners because the, I, I, it has to affect this team so much that they went to a playoff game with Robert Jackson as a starter. Like they just cannot 
do that again. Uh, so I assume, you know, it may, may not be for a little while, maybe not till day three, but I would expect that they're going to add at least one more corner uh, to, to make sure that they, they don't run in this situation and to continue making sure that they can stay who they want to be with Joe Woods in this defense. So, you know, I would assume they're going to get somebody else who's fast. Uh, you know, now length isn't as critical, but it doesn't mean that they don't value it. So they can certainly do that. But, uh, you know, the, the, this is a team that had Terrence Mitchell out there last year and, and he did everything he could. But you're looking at teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and, uh, you know, the Ravens and the Bengals now. Uh, and particularly in that divisional playoff game last year, you know, Terrence Mitchell gave you everything he had, but it was clear he was it, it, he was outclassed in that game in terms of just speed, and he was just hanging on for dear life uh, against some of those receivers. And Greg Newsom has the speed to hang with guys like McCole Hardman and some of these other receivers that can now potentially allow the Browns to play more matchup uh, coverage if that's what they want to do. Yeah, uh, you know, to this point, they've been pretty content with playing sides. Does that change? We'll see. But the big thing with the Browns is, is, as as it is with anything they do, they love having options, and Greg Newsom gives them a ton of options. Gives you an, also a great marriage here now of defensive line and you know pass rush, obviously, and now having more faith in your secondary to be able to stick with their coverage, stick with it a little bit longer. You've made the investment into Attack McKinley. You made the investment in Malik Jackson, Jadavian Clowney, uh, John Johnson the third. Hopefully, with a Grant Delpit, you know, coming back healthy. Now with uh, you know Hill brought in, obviously with Greg Newsom brought in, lengthening the important you know phases and pieces of the defense, the secondary, the defensive line, just allowing for everybody to hopefully have more success. And now you think about all of this talent added and you still maybe have the best single individual pass rusher in the NFL currently in Miles Garrett. Great, great night for uh, Andrew Barry. Certainly a great night for Joe Woods, a guy who's just got to be chomping at the bit right now. Uh, you know, this uh, defense early in camp la- last year looked good without nearly the individual talent that it's got now. Uh, really excited for Joe Woods. Hopefully an opportunity here for this Browns defense to you know jump and make a real jump within league rankings, things of that nature, and just being able to put a clamp down on some of these opponents they're going to face and just allowing the offense to do their thing and hopefully looking for even a more successful 2021 for your Cleveland Browns. We're going to get to a little bit more here. We are going to talk about day two, what's on the board, what should appeal to the Cleveland Browns. Of course, we'll get to some round one thoughts here in the third segment. Pete Smith joining Jeff Lloyd for the latest Locked on Browns. Mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com does not require an account login or membership, so feel free to check it out. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that us at Locked On sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Com. Looking at some of these best available lists, Pete, and I see quarterbacks, and I'm not sure if we're to- ready to talk about any of these quarterbacks going here yet. Um, but what is available, and you, know, I think some of it, you know, look, and we'll, you know, we'll get to, you know, Baltimore. Obviously, uh, that was a little bit hurtful. Um, you. Know, the take that they were allowed to bring in. But if you want to look at the offensive side of the ball, Pete, you know, running backs a little earlier than we think, Javante Williams, Michael Carter. Then you get to the wide receiver position, Elijah Moore, a player we really like, Diami Brown, another player we really like, Terrence Marshall Jr. Uh, um, Rondell Moore from Purdue, who could really have a nice fit here. Uh, some linemen did fall. I think this is probably a little bit earlier. If the Browns do go offensive line, they would be looking to. Defensive side of the ball, crazy. Uh, you know, Christian Barmore, there were wars this week over Christian Barmore. Um, we talked about this defensive tackle class and how many experts, you know, echoed our sentiments that this is not a great defensive tackle class. We just had 32 selections go off the board. There was not one interior defensive line player uh, selected. Uh, obviously, uh, big Levi O out of Washington. Uh, Boogie Basham, I think Aziz Ojolari, Pete, is a little bit of a surprise to me not to go into 32, top 32, but you got to wonder where the medicals were. I know there were questions late, uh, you know, during the week here on Ojolari. Um, JOK, um, interesting, but, you know, these hybrid players, if you don't know exactly what to do with them, it's really hard to label exactly what they're going to do for you. Uh, Tyson Campbell, Asante Samuel Jr., him not going in round one, I'm sorry, he's just criminal. Um, Tremont Mowring, he's another one. I, I, I'm shocked he did not find a way. Maybe it's because he doesn't have any competition as safety number one. Maybe that's why he didn't go. And of course, our guy, Javon Holland out of Oregon, solid, solid player as well. Pete, a lot of talent left, but first question I want to ask you, is there anybody And now you've been on this as far as maybe this would be the better trade up area. Is there one name, two names right now where you're saying, and if Andrew Barry and these guys are sitting we got to get, we got to get closer. I got to find a way to get this guy. Well, Elijah Moore is the best player on the, on the board period. And, and, and I would argue that he was the best player on the board at 26 yesterday. Um, that doesn't mean I think the Browns screwed up by taking Greg Newsom. He just, I just think Elijah Moore is a phenomenal talent. Uh, so he's the guy that sort of jumps out at me. I, you know, I, I think what he can do um, is, outstanding um uh, you know I, I there's a lot of things that i found interesting about the first round uh there were things i got wrong there were things i got right jeremiah owusu koromo was a guy that I, I i kept saying was difficult to place um because of the style of football he plays and the position he plays and seemingly unless there's some you know issue that we're unaware of that may be exactly what happened with him uh, I, I'm still amazed that Trevon Morick didn't end up in Baltimore. Although Jason Owe, I, I have I have crushed this kid for having as many sacks as I did last year. That is a terrifying setup for him. Um, yes, it is <laughs> because the Stayed Ravens up and run off the edge at running a four three eight. Good luck with that. Well, it's just the the Ravens' defense is predicated on being really good in coverage and just sending as many people as possible. So. How you know? Certainly, they're going to hope this kid gets better technically and all these things to become a better pass rusher. But if you're sending six guys, and you know, just by numbers, Jason Owe becomes a massive problem. So that you know that that there there are players where like that's a player where I didn't like him for the Browns, but I didn't want him on the Ravens. I, I would have said the same thing about <laughs> Zayvon Collins. Uh, or uh, uh, for the Ravens or the Steelers. I, th- I think both teams 
utilize what he does well better than the Browns would. Uh, you know, he, he goes to that island of misfits toys on, on defense in, in, in Arizona, which will be interesting to watch. Uh, but you know, if, you, if you look at this receiver class in the second round, you're basically like, Elijah Moore's phenomenal, but I don't want to go that high because of the depth of the class. You know, Deami Brown, again, if I was to draw up what we think uh, a receiver the Browns would want would look like and how they would play, I think Deami Brown checks a ton of those boxes. He's probably going to be available uh, later in round two. But the guy that just I continue to think screams Browns and Kevin Stefanski is Rondale Moore. Um, and if he's sort of just like hanging around and slipping, slipping, it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns were to grab him, you know, potentially at 59 and just say, now what are you going to do about him? How, how do you defend this guy? You know, we're going to create opportunities for him to, to, to shine in space. Uh, Javon Holland, I would absolutely adore him on this team. Uh, he can play the slot. He, he's a turnover machine. And and I think with the pick of Greg Newsom, we're sort of sending the signal that our corners on the boundary aren't really here to create turnovers. It's not to say that they're going to say no to interceptions there, but it really does to me sound like the goal here is to have the safeties create turnovers and, and linebackers, you know, you know, basically Jacob Phillips. Uh allow those guys in the middle of the field to 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 take more risks to potentially get in the way and those type of things to 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 create those turnovers. So a guy like Javon Holland could be really attractive to what this team tries to do. He's obviously a good good coverage option. Uh but the other thing that sort of stands out in particularly in the way that the end of the first round ended. Uh the Saints notoriously love to take guys I like. Uh take Peyton Turner at 28. And then the Bills take Gregory Russo at 30. Um, I know a lot of people weren't super, super high on Gregory Russo for any number of reasons. I love his tape. His testing was not great. But that style of defensive lineman between Peyton Turner and Gregory Russo certainly seems to be something that the Browns really like. Do the Browns feel the need to make a move to go get somebody like that? Right now, the guy who sort of stands out in that vein is Milton Williams. Um, from Louisiana Tech, you know, there are uh, some other guys like that, but just that's always seemed like something that the Browns, I mean, I obviously wrote yesterday, I thought the Browns, the, my bold prediction was the Browns were going to come away with Peyton Turner somehow, some way in this draft. Uh, that obviously is not going to happen. Uh, but do they feel the need to go get somebody like that? Or if they don't, do they still really want an edge rusher? I mean, I, I, I've you know, Aziz Ojolari is supposedly somebody the Browns really like. Um, I don't know what the deal is there. He fits the age thing for the Browns. His agility was a little sketchy. Um, but, you know, if, if the Browns are basically saying, well, we're not going to get that Jadevian Clowney, Malik Jackson type guy, but we could get another tack type guy, uh, do they look at him? Do they look at my guy, Joseph Asai, here? Do they look at some of these other speed? Uh, options off the edge uh, to to try to just have an embarrassment of riches uh, and, and pressure this. Keep in mind, uh, this obviously is likely to change today, but 
neither the none of the other AFC North teams took an offensive lineman yesterday, and they already have to find a way to block Garrett, Clowney, Jackson, uh, Tack, and and potentially whatever else they're going to add. So, you know, that becomes an opportunity for the Browns to continue adding to that. And again, it's about being able to obviously they want to compete against their division. Getting Greg Newsom obviously helps against the Bengals with Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins, and and with uh, Tyler Boyd. It helps here with Chase Claypool, all these guys, and the Ravens now with Rashad Bateman, uh, Marquise Brown, and then whatever Sammy Watkins has left. Um, but it's more about the Chiefs and the Bills, and now you still need to find a way to create as much pressure as possible. You have coverage guys, which is important, but you need to put more pressure on guys like Mahomes, like Lamar, like uh, Burrow, like uh, Josh Allen. So does this become a priority for them? That's going to be interesting. How did the, like, you know, just sort of drawing it up. What I say, what would I say I want out of day two? I'd say wide receiver and edge rusher, you know, do the Browns agree with that? We'll see. Uh, Certainly I would love to get, a guy like Javon Holland and, and, and get that safety room better. But, you know, wide receiver and edge rusher are the two things I think would do the most good for this team. I, I think those two, and I think something secondary. Look, I mean, with the cornerback position, you could certainly find yourself in a position where you're going to get another one here of decent value here on day two. And, you know, if it's right, go ahead, pull the trigger. Question, Pete. You think the Browns make three selections this evening? No. Um, I, again, I, I just think everything about this draft, uh, you know, encourages teams to go get their guy. Patience and and and, and discipline was the theme of last night. Again, that it's not easy to do, but now everybody gets a chance to sort of reset their board. And, and see what they like, what they don't like. And now I think y- y- the Browns are, are target hunting. Uh, they're, they're, they're going for their guys. Now, how they get there, that's the question. Do they do they want to move up from 59 to get into like the low 40s to get a dude? I don't know. Certainly an attractive option. You know, I, I love the idea of potentially packaging those third-round picks and the fourth-round pick and moving those for like another second-rounder and getting two. That's sort of my dream. I think uh, you get, you know, three players that you are really excited about that can, you know, are our investments undoubtedly, but do have the potential to help you right away. Um, you know, you, you know, when you get into that third and fourth round, clearly the Browns got guys who could contribute last year uh, all the way through the draft, even if it wasn't huge, but we're not looking for guys to come in and step in right away. Um, the center from Wisconsin, Whitewater, whose name I'm not going to mm-hmm. try to pronounce right the second, is a guy that I think could stand out if the Browns do hold their water and, and just sort of pick if he's sitting there in round three. I have a my inclination is he will go earlier than that, but that's sort of where where, I, where, where they could go. But I but again, I think it's about getting your guys at this point. The Browns have nine picks I, I, or eight picks left. I don't think they're inclined to do that. And the thing that keeps coming up, and, and maybe that will change on day three, people aren't looking to give up 2022 draft picks. Although, unless you're the Chicago Bears and you just 
are the worst organization because you decided that instead of firing your front office and getting a better coach, you decided, no, we'll let these guys hang around. And now they've ensured themselves at least two more years of job security by being stupid uh, and giving up a 2022 first round pick so they could go get Justin Fields. And I love Justin Fields, but I think he's going to an awful situation that will not be good for him. And I hope I'm wrong about that. But so I think teams are going to hold on to those picks. Uh, and as a result, it may be entirely about moving picks within this year to go up and get guys uh, earlier in the draft. Uh, yeah, no, there's no question about that. Um, so with all of this being said, obviously, you know, still a lot of work to be done here. Browns with eight selections left, obviously not really eight holes essentially on the roster. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see. Um, and this would not be, you know, going off the cuff here, so to speak, when you're trading up here, this would be understanding that you possibly have, you know, have more, you know, basically have, you don't have enough seats for the asses that you could acquire here. So now maybe a little bit more big game hunting, going ahead and filling superior needs that you feel could help you take you. And of course, get you to that elusive AFC championship game, hopefully with the opportunity, maybe knock off a Buffalo, knock off a Kansas city chiefs and get yourself ready. And finally in to the Super Bowl. We will be back with overall first round thoughts here. Jeff Lloyd joined by Pete Smith on your post draft locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Is it as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs? Bet online, your online sports book experts. Pete, round one thoughts. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's surprised by one or two. Obviously, the draft started at three. Um, Mac Jones's camp did a fantastic job trying to keep his name relevant, uh, but eventually, Trey Lance at three, Kyle Pitts at four. Um, I don't think much of those are surprises. Pete, look, it, it'll never be about Jamar Chase. Fantastic player, fantastic wide receiver. I think it tells a lot about the player that he did opt out for the 2020 season and was able to still hold on to you know the number one wide receiver you know you know spot here in this draft class. But it, it just was not not the right way to go for the future of your franchise. You invested in Joe Burrow. Everything about this team being good, being successful, hinges, relies on Joe Burrow, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, it's a risk. You know, the best case scenario is that they're going to find their Joe Batonio today. Um, do I feel good about that? No, I don't feel good about Jonah Williams because Jonah Williams – is all or nothing. He, he's either great when he gets hands on and, and is able to get to the guy, he wins. The problem is when he when he doesn't get the block, he doesn't just miss, he whiffs. So he's allowing whoever it is to go full speed at Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, maybe that gets better. Even if you took Panay Sewell and put him at guard, 
maybe he's Quentin Nelson, uh, you know, just to really strengthen things. But to me, I think your best bet would have been to take Sewell, put Jonah Williams probably at guard, which is what I always thought he was, uh, and just really bolster that front on a number of account, a number of fronts. You know, again, you see the Browns with all the stuff they added. Now you've got the Ravens that added Owe. And and you have this quarterback who has one season in the NFL and one major knee injury. And you're, you know, you're, you're, you should be aware of your own history in this case. You know, you have the history of Greg Cook. Not that that was, in, you know, a situation of uh, lack of protection necessarily, rotator cuff. Uh, but just this phenomenal talent ruined. Uh, you have Carson Palmer hit by Kimo von Olhoffen tearing up his knee in the playoffs and, and what may have been the Spengel's best chance ever, you know, in, in recent memory. And when you made the Super Bowl, you had Anthony Munoz. So is Jamar Chase a really good player? Yeah. Am I scared of Jamar Chase? Uh, not right now because I, I just don't know that you're going to be able to block uh, anyone the Browns are sending at, at Burrow to to stop it. So, you know, if the Bengals really crush it here and, and get a nice interior offensive lineman, maybe a Creed Humphrey or, or, or somebody along those lines, great. But I wouldn't have ruled out the idea that the Bengals should have taken Penesul and another lineman here uh, and just – built that wall up to protect him uh so it's pressure it's a lot of pressure on the Bengals to be able to do this you know even if they take an offensive lineman now in the third round and the fourth round you know they 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 have to be able to get these guys to come in and play and part of the reason is you have no faith in the Bengals based on the fact that they took Cedric O'Boye they took uh Bodine they took uh Jake Fisher they've taken a lot of these guys Billy Price uh, and they just couldn't play. Uh, so it, obviously, you know, it, it doesn't rule out the possibility that, the, that they get somebody who can come in and start right away and is great. But it's just very hard to give them any benefit of the doubt on this, especially when their coach is a moron, uh, arguably the worst in the league in Zach Taylor. Uh, so I don't feel good about that. I, I, I'm thankful for the Steelers to completely pass on so many good options to take a crappy running back. Um, Especially when you don't have an offensive line. Yeah. And it's entirely a matter of pride. Uh, This is a pride pick. The Steelers, Mike Tomlin does not want to go below 500. Even if it means, um, you know, taking, taking short-term players as opposed to, to making longer term investments. I, I thought Tevin Jenkins would have been outstanding for them. He's still available. Uh, they could have done a number of other things, but they get a run back. And, and, you know, obviously the thing is the Browns now have to find a way to tackle Najee Harris. Hopefully they do it better than Ohio State did. But at the same time, they couldn't block at all. And you're telling me that right now your projected left tackle is Chuck's a core for like yeah uh, come on now we got to do better than that or don't and just you know rot uh which is i'm fine with so you know it's one of those picks where i i don't get it like i i think i you could have taken an offensive lineman here and gotten khalil herbert you know a couple rounds later and been super happy with your haul 
I mean, it's the nice thing about Najee Harris is he's a good receiver out of the backfield, so they can at least give themselves a nice dump off option. They've got a couple guys like that now with uh, Kalen Balaj, but they have to get better up front, and uh, and that's again, I think maybe the most the the best thing about today uh, the the fact that the Ravens don't have a pick at fifty eight, and the Steelers and the Bengals seemingly have to go get offensive linemen is just going to push down players mm-hmm. that uh, the Brown, the Browns want. So, you know, maybe it works out on that end. But, again, I, I'm just fascinated by what I would deem a lack of awareness by these teams uh, because I don't rule out the possibility that the Cow is just going to call it quits at some point this season, just like, nope, I'm done with this, and just pout and quit and enjoy all of his money as that team just, you know, plays awful and gets worse. It's just, it's so, for me, it's just so confusing because it it just seems to just go so far against roster construction. Um, And this is one of the things we talked about, you know, as far as the Browns is, you know, until you can get an offensive line that you have faith in and you trust, you have no idea truly what the identity and the capability and the ability of what your offense can be. Now with the Browns, with that you know in place, it was able to be obviously a highly successful season for them offensively. You know, throwing a running back to the mix of you know the you know to basically mandate the fact that your offensive line wasn't very good, but not upgrading your offensive line doesn't seem to make very much sense. Cincinnati, they're maybe going to get maybe they got lucky here that they're going to be some players here available, but with you know what looked to be two franchise left tackles, either one of them probably would have been suitable. Even still, they could have probably dropped down a little bit from five. Still gotten either one of Sewell or, you know, Slater, uh, which would have been, you know, for me, just would have been the right way to go. You have Higgins, you have Boyd, you have Burrow. And it's, again, not a knock on Jamar Chase. I just think it was just, you know, adding too much to the equation and ignoring other bigger needs. You know, with Joe Burrow Burrow last year, they were able to score points. They were able to throw the ball all over the field. Uh, That wasn't the issue. The issue was he only played 10 games because he blew out his ACL because he was getting beat like a damn dog so but that's what it is um we're gonna put a bow on this here obviously a big night um you know big night coming here and then day three tomorrow which is always fun just to you know a lot of better storylines you know get to see you know you know guys who are drafted later the impact that they can have on franchises that's when you start talking steals and things really working out for a franchise browns digest through sportsillustrated.com pete smith and his team doing a fantastic job over there lots of stuff to read podcast to listen to make sure you're following at underscore pete smith me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd uh the show itself at lockdown browns follow back account dms are open you guys all know the deal over there um the itunes is not back up all the way yet i know some of you are getting it some of you are not please just be patient in the meantime though feel free to go ahead download the odyssey app the spotify app make sure you subscribe following lockdown browns over there five star ratings written reviews, all that great stuff. This has been your Locked On Browns. Round one, post-coverage. Greg Newsom, Northwestern University, your newest Cleveland Brown cornerback. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.